If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. I, I just want to share a simple message this morning that simply says this, To him who is able. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to read verse 20 from the New Living Translation. Listen to what it says. Now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Now let me read it to you from the Amplified Bible. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to his power that is at work within us. For the past few weeks, over and over and over again, I've heard these three words in my spirit. If my people. I've heard it just every day almost in in prayer. Every day as I meditate and study, I'll hear the words, if my people. I believe there's a renewed call to the people of God. God is calling us to a renewal of prayer. He's calling us to intercede for our city, our nation, our church, and our families. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and heal their land. Last Sunday, our text was from Jeremiah 33, 3. Call to me. And I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. We serve a God today who hears the cries of his people. In James chapter 5 verse 16, it says, The effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Terry Edwards writes, he said, Prayer is our power source. It is the way we link up with God and plug into the energy source that allows us to move in the authority that we've been given. The epistle of Ephesians is rich in Christian doctrine. It deals with the theme of revealing mysteries. It deals with the mystery of the church, the mystery of the body of Christ, which is made up of both Jews and Gentiles, bond and free. The apostle Paul writes in the first three chapters of this great book, concerning our position in Christ. There's a revelation of our identity in Christ, who we are in Christ in Ephesians. Paul reveals by revelation of the Holy Spirit our position in grace. Aren't you thankful for the grace of God? What does grace mean? It means God's riches at Christ's expense. We're not saved by works. We're not saved by by what we do. We're not saved through religious rituals. We're not saved by just joining a church, but we're saved By grace through faith in the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? That's why you don't necessarily have to come to an altar. You can get saved today watching this this Facebook live broadcast. As we come into your home. As you're watching over your phone or your tablet. Or on your computer screen or your smart TV. Or wherever you may be. You can give your heart to Jesus right there. Why? Because it's by grace. And the grace of God is not bound to a building. It's not bound to an altar. It's not bound to a denomination. It's not just bound to you and I. But the grace of God has appeared to all men. That all men might come to the knowledge 
knowledge of the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Ephesians is the heart of the new covenant and it reveals our rich inheritance in Christ. A.T. Pearson writes, he said, Ephesians is Paul's third heaven epistle. I love the first chapter of Ephesians. There's several major points in chapter 1, but look at chapter 1, verse 3. I love the scripture. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We are called to set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have a revelation of the Father in Ephesians. We live in a society today that deals with fatherlessness. A lot of what you're seeing being manifested on our streets is a result of fatherlessness. And we need a revelation of the Father in heaven. Can you say amen? Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We are called to set in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 1 deals with our position in Christ. In Ephesians 1, 4, it says we're chosen. In verse 5, it says we're predestined. Verse 5 also says we are adopted. Verse 6 says we're accepted in the beloved. Verse 7 says we are redeemed. Verse 8 says we know the will of God. Verse 11 says we have an inheritance. And verse 13 says we are sealed by His Spirit. I'd encourage you this week to read this beautiful book of Ephesians. Read it slowly and let the Lord speak to you out of each chapter of this book. If my people is the current challenge that is before us, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. We're called to pray. And our prayer, listen to me, our prayers are not anemic. Our prayers are not useless. Our prayers are not powerless, but our prayers are powerful. There are two prayers that are recorded in Ephesians. The first is found in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 through 23. The second is found in, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. And Dr. Warren Wearsby writes, he said, In the first prayer, the emphasis is on enlightenment. But in the second prayer, the emphasis is on enablement. Let me read verses 16 through 19 out of Ephesians 3 to you. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height. To know the love of God which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. What a prayer. What a prayer he is praying for the church in Ephesus, for the people of God, and also the church all throughout time. The church today, you and I that have gathered in this sanctuary, those who have joined us on the internet, he's praying for us. But then we come to our text in verse 20. Listen to what it says. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Do you know the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you? That we can have a relationship with the precious third person of the Trinity. We can know him. We can hear his voice. The Bible says that we should live in the spirit. We should be led by the spirit. That we should not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's according to the power that works in us. This scripture, Ephesians 3.20, is a benediction. It is a doxology. A doxology is a short hymn of praises to God in various forms of Christian worship. 
There's another doxology in Jude, verses 24 and 25. Let me read it to you. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to God our Savior who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen. This is a confession. This is something we can begin to confess. We can begin to declare in worship. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or even think. Hallelujah. And it's according to the power that works down on the inside of us. That should be a confession today. That should be worship coming out of our hearts today. That should become a conviction in our lives today that we believe he is able. So this morning I want to examine this powerful verse and encourage you i've come not 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 to press you down but i've come to lift you up you want to be pressed down watch the news you want to you want to deal with oppression just just listen to all that's going on in the world today but today i've come to lift you up i've come to bring you closer i've come to stir up the gift i've come to call you to a new place in prayer i've come to say to you this morning that god is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above everything we can ask or even think no matter the circumstances that surround us. We serve a powerful Savior who cares about every detail of our lives. There's a storm raging in the world. But he knows how to speak to the wind and the waves. There's sickness in the form of a virus attacking the nations. But he's the great physician. There's a financial crisis because of this virus. But he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. And the wealth of the wicked lays in store for the righteous. So we cannot give in to fear and discouragement. And you will have ample opportunity over the next few weeks to give in to fear. You'll have ample opportunity. I promise you the enemy's going to come with discouragement and with fear. He's going to come over and over and over again because of the oppression that's been released in our nation, because of all that's happening in the atmosphere around us. But we must rise up and say now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that I can ask or think, and it's according to the power that's already working on the inside of me. We have to put our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let me give you three thoughts out of this scripture this morning. First of all, I want you to note the first part of this verse. Now to him. When is God going to do this? Now to him. He's a now God. I wrote a devotion the other day about a now God. He, he's not the, the great I was. He's not the great I will be. He said, I am who I am. <laughs> Before Abraham was, I am. <laughs> He's a now God. He's an ever-present help in the time of trouble. Sometimes we look back at the past and we remember the great revivals of the past and the great victories of the past. Nothing wrong with that. Thank God for that. We need to study those. We need to learn from those. But sometimes we want a relic in the past and think the past was greater than the present. And some folks are saying, please let us get through 2020. Can we just get through this year? Amen. But God is able. He's not only able, but he's willing. Shoo, I'm going to say that again. He's not only able, but he's willing. You may question, does God hear my prayer? Does the sovereign God of the universe really hear my individual prayers? Does this God in heaven today, this awesome God, does he really understand what I'm going through? Does he really know what I'm feeling? Well, Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, 
but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let me read it from the New Living Translation. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he's faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. I've come to tell you that there's a God in heaven, and there's a Savior by the name of Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's ever interceding for you and I, and he understands what we're facing, he understands what we're going through, he understands the trials that we're in, because he's gone through it before us. And let me give you some scriptures that teach us about God's ability. He's able. Daniel 3.17 is that if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. Daniel 4.37 Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the king of heaven, all of whose works are truth and his ways justice and those who walk in pride he is able to put down. In Matthew 3, 9, And do not think to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these stones. Romans 4, 24, And being fully convinced that what he had promised, he is also able to perform. Romans 16, 25, Now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. 2 Corinthians 1, 4 says he is able to comfort us in all our tribulation. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 2 at Timothy 1.12, for this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I'm persuaded that he's able to keep what I've committed unto him until that day. Hebrews 7.25, therefore he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for him. And Jude 24 says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. I just want to say to somebody this morning, maybe you're watching online or maybe you're in this building here today with this crowd that's here today. I want to just simply say to you, God's got this. He's got it. He's got it in his hands. He's on the scene. He's on the move. He's working it out for your good. It might look like it's going the wrong way. It might look like the circumstances will overwhelm you. But I've come to tell you that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purposes. He's going to work it out. We serve a God who's able. And listen, we must not doubt his ability to minister and to meet every need. Philippians 4, 19, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Now many will believe he's able, but is he willing? A lot of folks believe God can, but we have to believe God will. In Matthew chapter 8, verse 2, A leper came to Jesus and asked, If you're willing, you can make me clean. In verse 3, Jesus said this, I'm willing. <laughs> if you're willing, you can make me clean. I'm willing. Be cleansed. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Listen, this same Jesus, is, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the leprosy healer. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God is willing to give you a future and a hope. God is able and he's willing. And listen, he's available today.
If you call up to the medical community, you call the doctor, they'll give you an appointment. You can't just call and say, I'm coming right now. You can't just charge into that office and say, the doctor will see me now. They'll chuck you right out the door. You can't do that. That, that breaks protocol. You shouldn't do that. But I want to tell you, the Bible says we can come boldly to the throne of grace as his children. We belong to him. And he's available. Notice my second thought is simply this. He's all-powerful. He's able, but he's powerful. Now to him who's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all, he's all-powerful. Dr. Warren Wearsby writes, he said, Paul seemed to use every word possible to convey to us the vastness of God's power as found in Jesus Christ. He ended each of the two previous chapters with praise to God for his great victory in Christ. He told us that Christ's power is so great, he arose from the dead and ascended far above all. In Ephesians 1, 19-23. He taught us that his power is so great, he has reconciled Jews and Gentiles to each other and to God, and that he's now building a temple to, he, to the eternal glory of God in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19-22. through 22. But in the scripture before us, Paul shared the exciting truth that this far above all power is available to us. It's even above all we ask or think. In other words, the power of Christ, like the love of Christ, is beyond human understanding or measurement. And this is the kind of power you and I need if we're to walk and war in victory. God is able. And he's powerful. Jeremiah thirty-two twenty-seven. listen to this. Behold, I'm the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? Matthew nineteen twenty-six. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Luke 1, 37. For with God nothing will be impossible. Ephesians 1.19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his mighty power. Listen to the words Paul uses to describe God's power to answer our prayer and to meet our needs. Exceedingly, abundantly, above all we can ask or think. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and to do super abundantly more. Think about that. Super abundantly more than all that we dare to ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to his power that is at work within us. Isaiah fourteen twenty seven, The Lord of hosts has purposed and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out and who will turn it? back i like what wormy asby writes he says he is able to do all above all abundantly above all exceedingly abundantly above all we used to sing a chorus around our circles and the title of it was what a mighty god we serve anybody remember that here's the lyrics what a mighty god we serve what a mighty god we serve angels bow before him heaven and earth adore him what a mighty God we serve. Listen to one of the verses. He holds the winds in his hand, and he is the great I am. 
He is the bright and morning star, and without him I would fall. Second verse says this, Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Jehovah Shiloh, my peace. Jehovah Sikidnan Canoe, my righteousness. What a mighty God we serve. Zephaniah 3.17, I love this scripture, listen to it. The Lord your God in your midst, the mighty one, will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. When Michaela was a little girl, a lot of times when she'd go to bed, she'd say, Mama, sing a song to me. And her mom would sing a worship song to her. She never asked me to sing her to her. <laughs> I don't know why I'm a good singer. But she'd say, sing to me. And her mother would sing a worship song that would set the atmosphere for her to sleep. You know that the Lord sings over you? He sings over you. He rejoices over you with singing. See, we don't see ourselves that way. You know why? Condemnation. The enemy comes to remind us of all the bad stuff we've done, to condemn us. But listen, the moment you're forgiven, he wipes the slate clean. You're pardoned. Now, it's not like a pardon with the government. If you do something wrong and you go through the process of getting a pardon in the government, they just move it from this file to another file. But God doesn't have another file. He cast them away from him as far as the east is from the west. We call it the sea of forgetfulness. Now, the enemy don't forget, and he'll come to harass you. But notice what he do. He'll quiet you with his love, and he'll rejoice over you with singing. Let me give you this last point, and I'm done. He exceeds our expectations. He's able, he's all-powerful, and he exceeds our expectations. Ephesians 3.20 from the Amplified Bible it simply says this, Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than we dare to ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. The God we serve is more than enough. I was praying last night and I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, I break that off of my family. That, that just enough mentality, that just to getting by, that poverty mentality. I said, I break that off of our family. I take anything generationally the enemy's tried to bring against us, and I just tear it down in the name of the Lord. Because the God I serve is more than enough. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8 from the New Life Version says it this way. God can give you all you need. He will give you more than enough. You will have everything you need for yourselves, and you will have enough left over to give when there is a need. Think about that. The God can give you all you need. He will give you more than enough. He's not the God of just enough, but he's the God of more than enough. He brought the children of Israel out of the wilderness where they had just enough manna, where they had just enough to eat, and he brought them into a land that was flowing with milk and honey. He brought them in a land that had super abundance. Beth and I have been to Israel. We've driven through Israel, and I'm going to tell you, they're beautiful date palms. They have dates every meal. They have date, date palms and everywhere. Man, the, the, the apples, the fruit, the 
the food that's grown in Israel. There's enough uh, means in Israel to be almost the breadbasket of the whole earth. It's amazing. The desert is blooming like a rose, as the scripture said it would do. He brought them out of just enough. And the Bible said when they crossed over into the land, they ate the old corn or they ate the old grain of the land. What happened? God shifted them out of just enough into their inheritance where he's more than enough. Now, if you love the Lord and he's first in your life, the things of this earth really don't matter that much. It, they just don't really matter that much. It's not what your priority is. Okay? But God wants you to have more, and he wants to give you more because he wants you to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Well, pastor, if I can just have enough to get by. God wants you to more than just get by. He's a God of abundance. Come on, somebody. Let me just give you a couple of scriptures, and we'll finish this up. Is this okay? John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. When God fed the multitude with five loaves and two fishes, there were 12 baskets of fragments left over. He's more than enough. He can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now notice he uses, Paul uses that word abundantly. The God we serve is more than enough. Psalms 23, 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my help head with oil. My cup runs over. Psalms 65, 11, you crown the year with your goodness and your past drip with abundance. Somebody needs to claim that. God is crowning my year with goodness and my past are going to drip with abundance. God's going to protect me and keep me. I pray the 91st Psalm over our family. I pray the 91st Psalm over this church. I pray the protective Psalm over the families of this church. Why? Because he's more than enough. Psalms 37, 11, the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Deuteronomy 28, 12, the Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give the rain to your land in its seasons and bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Psalms 1, 3 says, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth its fruit in its season whose leaf also shall not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. I've come to tell you that just those scriptures alone tell us that God is more than enough and he desires to be more than enough in your life. Some of you are trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. I'll tell you what do. You trust in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You put him first in your life and you begin to declare the word of the Lord. Speak the word of the Lord. Make a bold declaration of who he is and what he desires to do in your life and you watch God. He'll work miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle to take care of you and he'll not just be the God of just enough he'll be the God of more than enough he's more than enough hallelujah and you can trust him today he's able he's powerful and he exceeds our expectations he exceeds our expectations now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly Above all that we can ask or think. According to the power that is working in us. In other words, the power is already available to you. It's already down inside you. You just have to tap into it. Just tap into it. 
Amen? Well, if I can get this big name evangelist to pray for me, well, first off, nobody's holding any services right now. Secondly, there's no way to get to them in some places. Thirdly, if you get there, there's no guarantee you'd get prayed for. If I could just get this individual to pray for me or that person. No, you just tur turn your face toward heaven. You have a Father in heaven that loves you. Listen, I never had to go get anybody else to talk to my father for me. I didn't have to get somebody. Can I get, brother, can tell my brother, brother, will you talk to daddy for me on my behalf? No, I just went and talked to him myself. He's my daddy. I had that right as his child. I remember he, he bought a boat one time. Maybe when I get to heaven, we'll have time to have some conversations. But think about how much your earthly father loves you. And you can come to him and talk to him. You've got a heavenly father that loves you beyond your comprehension. You can bring your needs and your petitions to him. And he'll hear. He'll not only hear, but he'll answer. Stand with me. Stories told of an old man who was wandering in the desert looking for water. He approached an old shack and on the porch area he found a water pump. Next to the water pump he saw a one gallon jug. And the note on the jug said use all the water to prime the pump. The man's instincts said to drink the water and not trust the pump. Nevertheless, he poured the water into the pump and began pumping until an abundance of cool water came to the top. The Bible's much like the note on that water jug. Sometimes the instructions contained in the Bible do not make sense to us, but it is always right. He is able today to accomplish what we bring before his throne. Can we pray together?